Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 42 for Friday 11th March 2011. Lotus, thongs and perfect networking. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Be luck. The Belgium-Luxembourg Lotus User Group is hosting a third major event on the 31st of March and the 1st of April this year. Two fully-packed days, more than 40 sessions, and many of the best speakers in the community. You are welcome to join us in Antwerp in Belgium. It will be exciting and it will be free. Please visit www.blug.be for full details on the agenda. But register ASAP, because seats are running out fast. Remember, blug.be. Hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus. We're back for episode 42 of our weekly podcast. I'm joined once again by Darren Duke. Hi there, Darren. Good early, early, early morning, Stuart McIntyre. How are uh, you? I'm really good, thank you. It's, it's 11 o'clock, nice civilised time here. And what time is it in uh, Atlanta? It's 6am because we've moved it two hours forward today and I didn't realise what a difference <laughs> that would make. Oh, you, it makes you uh, feel for people like Bruce and Tom that get up at 4am to do this. It's amazing how coherent they are, given that. Well, well, the big issue is I haven't had a chance to look at the list of topics. So for everyone that thought I was silent yet last week because of the analysts and you couldn't get a word in edgewares, uh, this week might be the same, but because of a completely different reason. <laughs> well, you mentioned the analysts last week. I think that was a really interesting conversation. We've had some good feedback from people not minding the, uh, the swearing too much and feeling, I think, that it was a pretty positive conversation. And, and I think it was. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't go on the record yet as saying my view of analysts has changed, but I think Angela definitely knows his, her stuff, and and James is uh, very passionate about what he analyzes, and I think that came across in the show. And I only I only saw one one tweet that said maybe it was not safe for work, but you know my. My admission to people who maybe listen to it in speakers is, A, you know, there was a warning right at the beginning that said, you know, don't listen to this on speakers. Yeah, absolutely right. And I, I think James, as you say, is very passionate and a very um, willing to be sort of confrontational about his topic about developers and how important developers are to the uh, collaboration uh, community and to the products. And I, I think that's a really good point of view to come from. So I'm sure we'll have James back on here and Angela too uh, in later weeks too. Well, this week we're on to a slightly different topic. We're on to user groups and we're joined by Warren Ellsmore. Good morning, Warren. Morning, Stuart. It's great to have you on. Do you want to tell people uh, who you work for and what you do there? Sure. Uh, I work for Blue Wave Technologies. We're a premier IBM business partner um, based in Dublin, but I'm actually living in Edinburgh, working all over the world. Um, and I'm a senior architecture consultant. So I'm, I'm an admin guy, basically. Excellent. Many people will know you from the user groups, from iLug and, and UK Lug, and also from your passion for Lego, of course. Yes, yes. Can't uh, keep that one hidden. <laughs> and you're running a couple of conferences. We're obviously going to talk about the Lotus-related one a bit later on. Uh, you're running a Lego conference as well around the same time? Um, I am. It's a couple of weeks beforehand. Um, just, well, two two events that actually came out of a discussion about uh, the Lotus user group. Um, talking to the Lego community, they were thinking, why can't we do the same thing? So. Excellent. I said, well, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to find out what the differences between the two conferences are, particularly in terms of organising things. So we'll, we'll, we'll catch up on that a bit later on anyway. So thanks for joining us today. Also joined by Theo Helsmans. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Stuart. Um, and I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us. Have I pronounced your surname right, first of all? Is it Helsmans? Yes, it's kind of kind of correct, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Somewhere in the right area, anyway. So you're, you're based in Belgium, aren't you? Do you want to tell people what you do there? 
Yeah, I've been doing Node development for almost 20 years now. I'm getting old. Uh, but I became an independent consultant and I founded my own company, Exceed, about 10 years ago. Uh, and I just just love uh, all this this Lotus stuff. And I've, and I've been involved in, in Lotusphere for uh, for a long time as well. I've been there for almost, well, almost every every event that was there in Orlando. Yeah. And I started blogging about uh, four years ago and I got involved in the Lotus community a lot more. And now I'm running uh, the BLUG, the Belgium Lotus User Group, for over two and a half years now. Excellent. And I know you two guys ran a BOF as well at Lotusphere, didn't you, on, on this very topic on user groups? Yes, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, funny, yeah. actually. We did it We did it twice. Yeah. Excellent. And very early was, this was, morning, I think, this year, wasn't it? It was. It was very, very early. We, we discovered that um, early things are not good for social collaboration. <laughs> Sorry, so, ma- ma- I feel vindicated this morning, Ren. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, guys. Well, well, let's crack on with the topics list. As usual, we will sort of cover the news of the day. We're going to start with, with user groups because that's our topic uh, that we've invited these guys on to talk about. But also we'll cover some of the other news around the community this week as well towards the end. So um, let's kick off, Warren. Perhaps we could start with you. Um, Lotus user groups are one of the real success stories of the last two or sort of two, three, four years in terms of um, number of attendees and, and how they've grown around the world. Um, why did you choose to get involved in user groups? I, I guess it was iLug that came first. Was it? How did, why did you get involved in that? Yeah, the, the first one I was involved in was the original iLug, which uh, I think was 2006. Um, and uh, Paul did a great job. Paul Mooney did a great job of doing that. And really because there wasn't anything going on in the in the Lotus community there weren't really any events in Ireland so he set that up and then we looked at the UK and thought well it's kind of similar there's not a lot of things going on right now so why don't we do the same in the UK um, and we did basically we just decided to go ahead with it and uh, we did and it seems to have I think the the combination of a, a few user groups really has got the ball rolling around the world now. Excellent and Theo how, how did you get into doing blog? Well, actually, it, it was started in Belgium about three years ago uh, by one of the major business partners. But the problem was that because it was a major business partner organizing it, the other competitors of theirs, the other colleagues, so they say, didn't want to cooperate very much. So IBM asked me to take it over. Uh, even I'm a business partner myself, but I'm just a one-man band, so I'm no threat to them. So I just love doing this for the community. It's, it's some way to pay back. So, so what makes... What, what what makes a, a, a user group? Because obviously there's an awful lot of, of back office. There's, there's hotels to book, there's rooms to book, there's speakers to book. If you're a one-man shop, how, how do you handle all of that? Well, it, it, it's not that hard, actually. I mean, it's just a matter of getting getting yourself organized and, and making sure that you have people you can rely on for doing some other stuff which you don't have the time for. Like, for instance, I got uh, somebody, who, uh, Stan, who, who helps me for doing the event guide, which takes a long time to, to prepare, and, and he does it for me, so I don't have to care about it. Yeah. yeah, I think we've both got teams of people. I mean, there's a bunch of people that help do UK Lug and, and iLug as well. Um, and it's you need a lot of people involved to do various things, but it always ends up, I think, being one person that kind of kicks everybody else into action every year <laughs> yeah yeah you definitely need a coordinator and and i mean yeah um it's it, it's not that hard don't don't think that you need a staff of of, of 10 people uh, working full-time to organize this yeah it's, it's not that bad i mean you can start pretty easily we can talk about it later but you can start pretty e- easily with just two three people max yeah so, so, so based on that, who who, who actually attends? Are, are, are we talking? Is it people like Stuart and myself? You know, IT consultants with specified in Lotus, or is, or is it people looking to learn about it? You know, do, do you have? Is it geographic? Do different people come for different reasons? I think it, yeah, it depends on the. Um, it depends on who's what your draw is to the event. So if you've got sort of a list of big name speakers, then you find that you've got a wider geographic draw of people that will come because some people will say get to go to UK Lug, but they don't get to go to Lotusphere or something like that. Um, but it's it's a mix of customers, business partners, independent consultants, um, IBMers. There's, there's quite a, a wide mix of, th- of people, although I'd, probably one of the things that we try to do and probably the hardest is to get the message outside of the community to get it out to people that aren't 
already involved in this sort of stuff. Um, we, we see the same thing. We've got about, but in Belgium is different because we're a much smaller country and, and we're closer to, to the uh, neighboring uh, country as well. Easier to reach by car, for instance, from, from Holland and from France and from, from Germany. So we see that we got about 70 people uh, coming, 70% of the people, sorry, coming from Belgium. Uh, and we got a, a split also, about 50% of them are people involved with BP, our, our business partners. Yeah? And then we got uh, about 40% which are real actual users. Yeah. And then we got our 10% uh, IBM people. Yeah. So it, it's definitely a mix. That sounds a pretty good split to have. It's good to have folks from all different you know, areas and focus uh, sort of points around the community too. Um, so, so Warren, what's the format of your event this year? How many days does it take place for and what, what kind of numbers are you expecting to come along to that? Um, so it's a two-day event. Um, format's sort of similar to, to the last couple of years in that we start off with a keynote session by um, somebody yet to be announced, um, which is typically in the past been a sort of like senior IBM exec. IBM have been very helpful to us. And then just we for the record, I, I, I am attending, and it's certain, but no, it's not me. <laughs> it's not Dan. <laughs> <laughs> not unless you suddenly started working for IBM in an executive oh, position. Oh no, 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 please. Lord, no. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and we after the keynote we sort of split out into multiple tracks. So there's typically three tracks running at the same time, um, with breakout sessions for the rest of that day, and then all the way through the the second day. Um, and that's yet to be announced. We're still we're still open for session abstract submissions at the moment. Um, and then we sort of pull it all together at the end of the day. Um, and we also then have a chance for our sponsors because we've got a, a number of sponsors that will be doing prize draws and raffles and things like that. So we pull it together at the end of the day and do the give out the prizes. Um, and if you're not there, you don't win. You go home. We won't send it on to you. So it's a, it's a pretty um, pretty similar format, I think, to, to a lot of the events now. And it's um, it seems to work in Europe at least. I think things may be slightly different in the states, but that's that's changing a bit with I am luck and, and tri-state luck and, so. and Theo you, you're up to two days as well this year aren't you for, for being yeah it's the first time we organize a two-day event um, and there's a couple of reasons for that and the main reason is that that uh, we quite grew uh, I mean there's a lot of people coming to our events the last year last year we had about 200 people uh, people were complaining that some topics weren't handled uh, we had a lot of uh, excellent speakers we had to we had to um, well, we couldn't play it because we didn't have enough slots for them. Uh, so we said, why not? Why not do a two-day event? The organization of a two-day event, uh, a two-day event would be the same as a one-day event, but actually it's not. It's, it's I mean, it's it's a lot more uh, mails and a lot more negotiation with speakers, with sponsors uh, to get things done. But I think it, it's going to be worth it. We got we got over uh, forty different uh, sessions this time. Yeah. Excellent. So, and- um, Darren, perhaps I'm bringing you in here because I know you run user groups of a different kind in the States, don't you? So what these are quite big sort of multi-day events, but there's also user groups that are aimed at smaller groups for, for shorter periods of time too? There is, and, and the US is, is kind of interesting because the, the LCTY, and we'll talk about this later on, whatever that's become this week, um, that season in the US lasts pretty long. And so you lose automatically probably the first quarter of a year where you really can't do any anything meaningful in a user group because you've got Lotusphere and you've got LCTYs. And IBM kind of get upset if you run events against the LCTYs. And then once you get into summer, all of the events happen. So you, like you, before mentioned, uh, I am log, the tri-state log, MW log. Uh, you know, all of the people who can't leave their houses in the winter suddenly have lugs mm. in the summer, uh, and and that's kind of the season. And then it goes into September, and it starts to get cold again. And then everyone just gets excited about Lowersphere, and then it goes back to, to to that kind of sequence. And and I would say in the geographic areas, you you, you would be lucky, like in Atlanta, it's difficult to do a, a one day user group just because the catchment area is so big. Um, you'd be talking a three or four state area, which is probably the size of half of Western Europe. Um, and I think that affects it a lot. Uh, but one of the things that we're starting to see is doing a, a super log, which is, you know, it's not like one of the UK logs of a, the, the B log, but more 
okay, we're going to do something for four hours and it's all going to be on this topic. And I know in Atlanta, but at the end of May, uh, sorry, in a March, they have um, some ex-pages training going on where it's two hours one side of the user group meeting and then two hours the other and the people just swap so that they can get in and, and, and do the training. So I think that's kind of what we're trying to play with now. Okay, so it's interesting that, that you know, there's all sizes and, and it depends really on the geography and, and the types of users you're trying to include. So, um, Theo, perhaps you can talk us through what, why should somebody attend a user group? Um, you know, if they already perhaps go to Lotusphere or, or maybe they get technical training from IBM in other forms, why is a user group different and what would they gain from attending it? Well, I think a couple of advantages here is that a lot of people are not allowed to go to Lotusphere, so so they have to have another venue in, in, in catching up on technical stuff. That, that's I think that's also a major difference between Lotusphere events. Uh, sorry, between Lotusphere comes to you events, for instance, from IBM and or from business partners and uh, a, a luck event because it, it's way more technical. Yeah? So the, it, it, there's still a couple of sessions like the keynote, for instance, which is more marketing driven. <clears throat> uh, Strong words, strange words here, but um, it, it's more commercial. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, while uh, all the other sessions are, are really technical, so a lot of people really benefit from it from attending simply because they, they learn a lot for free. Yeah? That's something we haven't mentioned yet. But but all Lotus user groups are are set up and then you can attend for free. Yeah? And 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 it's it's not that important. It's for free, but. Uh, it, it helps people convince their management to say, look, uh, there is this event, I can learn a lot, uh, and you don't have to pay for it. Uh, so that's a major benefit, I think. Uh, and, and they can they have the same world-class speakers as, as, as they usually see at Lotusphere only. Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me. And and Warren, I know um, yeah, the user groups really depend on exhibitors, sponsors, the, to pay the money to actually afford to put them on. So what do they gain by being involved in the user group? Well, they they do. I mean, that's that's how we manage to do it for free. Is that there's you know the sponsors um, obviously pay to be at the events, um, and they do it because they get great access to probably a different set of people than you would find at at Lotusphere or or, or different um, different conferences. You find that people because they're they're kind of, they're pretty dedicated to the event. If they're coming along, you know they want to get involved. They want to actually talk to sponsors. So the feedback that we get from all of us our sponsors every year is that it's really great they can come along and speak to existing customers and new customers and people actually want to talk to them whereas at Lotusphere perhaps if you go down you know everybody's there which is great but also everybody's there so you've got to try and work your way around everybody brilliant and and of course you also have uh, both of you guys with your uh user groups have a really good lineup of speakers. You know, you've already mentioned to the world-class speakers from Lowsphere and otherwise. Um, perhaps, Theo, uh, you can mention some of the speakers that are at B-Lug this year. And also, you know, why do they make the effort to come and, and travel you know, to, to a user group, do you think? What, what do they gain from being involved? Well, I think for the speakers, it, it, it's, it's a couple of things. First, they, they might get something out of it in, in the form of uh, new consultancy uh, uh, assignments or something, but I think the major reason is that they just want to be involved. They, they, they love they love speaking. Um, they, it, it's sort of a practice ground as well for them for doing uh, maybe uh, next year's uh, Lotusphere. Yeah? So so they can practice that at the same time. They know that the audience is very interested. And what don't forget that, that I mean they all love the community. So it, it's a reason for them to get together again. Yeah? And, 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 and join a couple of beers and, and, and have fun at the same time. Yeah. I think that that's very important. And what we got some uh, an excellent lineup this year. I mean, we, we got Kevin Kavanaugh doing uh, the keynote. Uh, he, he's a very good speaker. He was at ILAC in Belfast as well uh, in November. So he's we, very good. We know he's very good. Uh, we, we got John Hatfriends. I'm just going to mention a couple of them. We got John Hatfriends. We got... Um, Ulrich Kraus from Germany coming. Eileen Fitzgerald is coming. Um, we got some people from GFS as well. Uh, Cole Tyler is coming. Chris Miller is coming. Uh, who else? Uh, Gab Davis is coming during a couple of sessions. Paul Mooney is there. Uh, Warren is coming as well. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Brown is coming. I mean, there's a lot of wow. people. Martin Donnelly, for instance, uh, one of the guys who wrote uh, the wonderful X Pages book. Definitely buy it. Yeah. It's already a tip up front. Uh, we've got Paul Calhoun coming, Paul Withers, I mean, uh, Tim Clark, Tim Kripkeny, 
uh, Michael Heisterberg. I mean, it, it's a huge list of people. And besides that, uh, I mean, there are also about 15 uh, local uh, people from local Belgium um, business partners who, who do presentations as well. Yeah. Planet Lotus goes to Belgium. <laughs> it looks like it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun and and. and Incredibly educational. I mean, we got we in, in our agenda. If I look at our agenda, uh, we got one day. Uh, well, we got no. We got one room which is completely full with X pages stuff. So we can really do start from from a jump start and, and end up uh, with uh, Tim Kripkeny doing something pretty amazing again as usual. Yeah. So so it, it, it's a yeah incredible lineup. You can learn a lot. You can really learn a lot. Okay, so we've mentioned some of the ISVs and partners that sponsor um, the events. I guess in most cases, IBM is also a sponsor, at least a contributor to the event. And Warren, have you had um, much help from IBM to organise UK Lug in the past? What involvement have they had in the process? Um, yeah, we do. I mean, they are a sponsor of ours, um, have been, I think, every year we've done it, um, which is is great from a financial point of view, but it's also great in terms of knowing that IBM have got their support behind it, um, providing speakers and flying people over. Because um, obviously, it's the more... You know, the more IBM people we can get to talk to the local community, the better. So having, I think I log in Belfast, we had Kevin, we had Ed, we had Mary Beth, um, and a whole bunch of other IBM people that came in from the labs as well. So the support we get from IBM is in both fronts, really, and it's really very much appreciated. So, yeah, uh, the thing goes for Belgium, I mean, we got, we got a tremendous uh, amount of support for, from, from IBM, uh, not only financially wise, but, but but I mean the guys really really try to help in every way they can. So it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, we're very we're, we're very fortunate in that. So I guess the flip side of this is we have um, you know a, a devil's advocate point of view might be that we have you know overworked business partners who are trying to run your own businesses and you're also taking time out. I'm sure you know plenty of your own time in the evenings to to put together these events. Shouldn't IBM perhaps be running user groups, or do you think we gain from the fact they are independent from, from IBM in terms of how they're organised? I think there's a there's a definite benefit in terms of the the events not being able to be run independently i won't say not being run by ibm but being able okay. to be run independently so that we can do uh, i mean it, the, you all know there's certain products that have come out of ibm that ibm have been really really hot on and the the business partner community and the customers have gone yeah that's just really not what we're interested in right now and having <laughs> having a user group that was you know solely focused on these new exciting things ibm were trying to push that month Whereas the community wasn't interested in it, you know, it wouldn't be any good. Um, should IBM be more involved in them? I think there's a there's a pos, you know, there's an avenue where I think IBM could look at what we're doing across the whole of whole of the community globally, because there are, you know, we're getting to the point now where there's almost a user group event every couple of weeks, and uh, you know, there's. That puts a lot of constraint on resources for for certain people and for the sponsor companies as well. I'm a big believer in them kind of remaining independent, but but for kind of a different reason. Uh, in the states, it seems to be whenever we whenever IBM come up with an event, that they seem and this is particularly the regions. This is not particularly IBM US or IBM Global, but at least in the region regional areas, they seem to think we have an event. We'll tweet about it, and everyone will turn up. And then they're shocked that two people turn up. Uh, and I don't think they understand that to get butts in seats, there is a lot of work that goes on in the back end. And it just so happens that these marquee lugs are all ran by people who have thousands if not tens of thousands of followers on planet lotus and twitter and just having some random ibm say hey we're having a, a four-hour x pages session come along and, and then it fails abysmally or there's more ibm is standing around the room chatting on the same time than there is people participating i think that gets lost and and, and that kind of circles me around the what i want to say is and that's a great big thank you to everybody around the world including the two people on the phone but run these user groups Definitely. Yeah, completely yeah. echo that. And and I think the other side is is the social side. I think I think 
clearly these are kind of business driven events in that you know people go there because of what they do in in their work time but at the same time there's a massive social and networking and fun side to the events you know it's not like just going to a seminar that that you know a big vendor might run there's it's far more to it than that yeah, yeah indeed that's right yeah, yeah. And, and theo a question about you going to two days um was was the two days so you could have a party night was that really <laughs> what the two day was about well, we already had a party night uh, the day the day before the event last year, uh, which was a lot of fun, but also a little bit too much beer as well, actually. So <laughs> it wasn't so good the day after. Yeah. Uh, but now, indeed, we have, we have a little bit more social time, so that's great. Yeah. And also, for the first time, we can organize uh, a speed geeking and speed sponsoring. Uh, we couldn't do that before, and then if it's just one day, it's, it's, it's not so easy. And, and so, based on, based on last, or, or when you started this, you now have gone to two days. What what kind of growth have you seen since since you started this three or four years ago? How, well, how many people the, did you start with? Well, the, the first time I think there were about 150 people. I didn't organize it then. 150 people, which was actually amazing. I mean, everybody was really amazed that there were so many people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then we started organizing because you, you mentioned before that that it's just a one a one a once a year event, and it's not true in Belgium. We got a once a year big event, a major event, and we got uh, two evenings as well spread out over the year. Yeah. So, and, and in those evening events, we managed to get uh, 70, 80, 90 people there, so, which is excellent. It's just a two-hour evening and still so many people show up. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a two-day event, and, and it, it was about 190 people last year. And this year, we expect uh, about 220 people each day, let's say about 260, 270 different people uh, over the two days. Which is that's, which that's is quite good, um, and that's that's that, one of the reasons we had we had to move to a bigger venue because the previous one in Brussels was too small, and we decided to go for a more <clears throat> professional uh, uh, conference hotel. <laughs> so last year's event was run in, out of IBM, wasn't it, in Brussels? And so where, yeah, where are you running it this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, it, it's going to be bigger. And, and the hotel in Antwerp is just excellent. We got four simultaneous uh, sessions, uh, four rooms, which all. Uh, come out into the same big lounge area where there is coffee all the time, where the, where the sponsors are. So they will have a much uh, broader access to, to all the people that were, were coming there. So yeah, we were very happy. And Antwerp is a very, very cool city. Excellent. So well worth a visit. You know, plus going to B-Lug as well. So, so d- double benefits of being there. Um, excellent. So when is B-Lug this year? It's uh, the end of this month already. So it's uh, three, three weeks from now. March 31st, April 1st. Yeah. Excellent. Are there still spaces? Can people still register? Yeah, I think we, we, we got about 50 seats left per day. So, uh, And it's filling up quite fast. I mean, I'm going to do a final uh, mailing to uh, possible attendees uh, next week, I think. And uh, I think then we're going to be, be, be full, yeah. Okay. And how do people register for it? What's, what's the website? You just go to www.bluck.be and there you can find all the information um, and the registry and, and, and whatever. Also, you can there's linked information about the hotels, about the sponsors. The agenda is is, is very detailed. It's finished now, and uh, it's looking very promising. So so have have a check out. Excellent. We look forward to hearing all about it after the event and uh, and having you back on to tell us how it went. That would be great. Yep, I will. Excellent. And Warren, UK Lug is is a little bit further away, isn't it? When's that taking place? Yeah, it's the twenty third and the twenty fourth of May. So it's seven or eight weeks later maybe okay um, and where's that taking place uh we're in manchester this year for the first time uh we're going to the manchester museum of science and industry for somewhere a bit different um which is very cool actually it was on the gadget show if you watch that in the uk the last couple of weeks yeah manchester has science Manchester Manchester has science. Manchester has the original programmable computer. So Baby, the very first programmable computer, is in the museum. It's downstairs. Well, there you go. It's not just yeah. famous for Eric Cantona, then. Huh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and May, do you think we've got a chance of having a Manchester event without the rain? Uh, I doubt it very much. <laughs> <laughs> So do you want to tell us what's planned for UK Lug this year? Uh, you know, Theo's already outlined the format for B-Lug. Are there any particular differences with UK Lug, or is it a similar kind of format? Um, pretty similar type of, type of format. We're um, Because we're not in a hotel venue, we're um, in the museum. We'll be off doing things in the evening uh, around town rather, rather than 
at the venue itself but uh, that should be good fun as well we're um we're keeping it a bit close to our chest at the moment we've still got a lot to to announce and in fact we're still open for for speaker abstracts and things like that as well so i can't i can't yet give you a big long list of names like uh, theo's done but uh, there is a big long list of names in the database i can tell you that much. <laughs> absolutely so when do abstracts have to be in by uh, abstracts have to be in let me just uh, double check um it's about 5th of april yeah so abstract submissions close on the 5th of april and which is also the final date for any sponsors that would like to be involved we need their confirmation by the 5th of april and then we will announce the agenda on about the 18th so that'll be the full full lineup of people but uh, you can guarantee it'll be good definitely and, and just for people who who don't read the text or listen really when the podcast is playing the date has changed, right? This wasn't the original date. That's right, yeah. So the date, the original date was a couple of weeks earlier because, um, well, A, I was running it back-to-back with, with my other conference. Um, but we realized that we clashed with both Symantec's vision event and RIM's WES event, um, which kind of caused a problem for pretty much everybody. So um, bad planning on our part. <laughs> um, we've moved it back a few weeks. So, yes, 23rd and... Uh, 24th of May. Excellent. And on the topic of speakers and abstracts, um, somebody mentioned earlier on that it's kind of a, a good proving ground to do a session at a lug before maybe going on to doing a bigger event like Lotusphere. Do you want to outline um, kind of what you're looking for when you have a look at abstracts for UK lug? Is there anything in particular you're looking for in the abstract that would that would sort of point you to putting it on the agenda? Yeah, I mean, we're looking... Um, probably for sort of similar things that, that IBM are looking for for Lotusphere. Um, so we're looking for something that's, that's engaging and interesting, um, something that's not, you know, a topic that's been done four million times before or that we don't have a hundred submissions on, um, which doesn't mean it has to be something really esoteric and weird. It just means it has to be something that's got a particular focus to it. Um, so, you know, for for us in particular, customer case studies are always fantastic to have a customer come up and say, we did this and here's the problems and this is what we fixed. Um, and then the final thing that we're looking for, and, and I hate to say it, is, you know, the abstract's got to be well written because if you, you know, you've only got really a paragraph to explain what you're going to do and try and convince people to come to your session. Uh, so we're looking for somebody that in that, that paragraph can get across their passion of what they're doing and then we hope that's going to be reflected when they actually come down to doing the session. Darren, are you submitting an abstract this year? I'm not. I'm going as an actual user. Wow. So you'll be back um, in the UK for the first time in a good while. Uh, yeah, everyone keeps asking me how long. I have a feeling that it's probably somewhere in the region of eight to nine years, which means that all of my outstanding words should have expired by now. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We look forward to seeing you there. I, I know that um, we've got some things planned around this week in Lotus at UK Lug, which uh, Wine's helping us out with, so that'll be good. We've also got some um, some giveaways from, from uh, this week in Lotus too, some um, sweatshirts and, and T-shirts and stuff. So look forward to that at UK Lug as well. We've got some good things planned. And someone at some point had mentioned the This Week in Lotus Fong, but I'm not sure if that ever came to fruition. <laughs> I hope not. I do have a question for, for Warren. Uh, I, I like Manchester. It's a good place for me because there's direct flights from Atlanta to, <laughs> to Manchester, which I can't say is true for pretty much anywhere in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, so so what, what was the decision behind Manchester? Was it just, hey, it's time for a move. Let's go somewhere else, see if we can draw a new audience? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a lot about the new audience because we try to move it around um, because the, the thing, I mean, the UK is not a big country, but when you try and have, you know, if you're living like I'm in Edinburgh, getting to London is, you know, a bit of a deal. Um, so we do try and move it around to get different geographies. And the northwest is sort of not somewhere that we've been to before. Um, not, I mean, there's Lotusphere comes to use in Manchester. There have been, but um, yeah, it's something a bit new, something a bit different. And and the travel links, we we do we do honestly look at we looked at lots of good cities, but if we've got a city that people can't get to then that kind of stuffs it up really 
it's going to be, you know, oh, this should be a tip. I'll give it out now. Is when you're looking at placing the lug, try and place it somewhere where the international speakers can easily get to. That's 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 always a bit easier. If it's if there's a 12 hour layover in out of Mongolia, chances are I'm not going <laughs> to come. Yeah, afraid so. And I remember talking to you about uh, UK lug last year, Warren, and, and you mentioned that the reason you put it in Edinburgh last year was, was kind of to get out of London, so people kind of have to travel to it and therefore are more likely to stay around for the evening events. And I guess that's true of Manchester too. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's you know we talked about sort of social stuff earlier on, but it's you know it's proper business networking really. Um, and if if people are around in Oven in the evenings as well you can just you've got more opportunities for people to actually get to meet each other and and have a chat and that's really what it's all about um that and the fact that london is horrifically expensive <laughs> but we have we have that drawback actually in belgium that is that if, if because of 70 percent of the people who are coming are from the neighborhood and belgium is quite small they tend to go home in the evening so we have to really make an effort in, in order to do make sure that they stay later and, and, and network. And, and I think that's one of the things that gets missed is, you know, I, I'll say this again. I've said this on the podcast. This is last Lotus for you. I, I maybe attended three events. I, I was so busy talking to people, you know, hanging out on the rotunda, uh, videoing people, chatting with them. But, you know, there's so much going on that it's almost a travesty to get in your car at five o'clock and drive home. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you can stay, even if it's going to cost you a uh, hundred bucks or a hundred euros, a hundred pounds, well, actually the, 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 the hotel in Manchester was dirt cheap. I was shocked. Um, so, you know, stay, there, there is so much more going on. Even, even if there is nothing planned, you will find at least a wild bill, probably with a whole host of whiskey set up in the, in the <laughs> hotel lobby at some point. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the, the thing is, if you're if you're a business partner and you get one bit of business out of it, it should pay for all of your all of your direct costs. If you're a customer and you get one problem solved that you would have otherwise had to pay to co- to have somebody come in and fix, it's going to pay for all of your direct costs. Uh, and that's the same that's the same with Lotusphere and any any other event. So it is definitely worth doing. And and I've got a kind of a, a, a funny story. Is Lisa was on online the other day looking at weather in Manchester for May, and she was looking at the average high and the average low, and she's like, uh, "In in May in Manchester, it's like our winter, really." <laughs> <laughs> she, she was very perturbed that there doesn't actually seem to be an official summer in the United <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> well, uh, those of us that live here know that's the case. So no surprises there. So looking ahead, I think user groups have been, as I said earlier on, one of the real success stories of the last couple of years. Um, Would you feel, guys, that more user groups are required in some of the areas that don't currently have them in terms of building this community that we're all so enthused about? And and also the follow-on from that is if somebody does listen to this podcast maybe and think, oh, I'm going to start one, where where do they start? What do they need to do to actually pull a user group together? Well, I think if if you're living somewhere where there isn't a user group then yes i mean we definitely need more um i I think as i said before it's it's kind of got to the point where setting one up and picking dates and things like that gets really really tricky because there are lots of international events going on and people do travel but that it doesn't necessarily have to be that way you know a lot of the the american user group model from what i understand what used to be you know come around on a wednesday afternoon for beer and pizza and we'll just talk about what's going on and you know that's a as valid a model as the as the you know behemoths <laughs> that Theo and I are organising. Um, in terms of where do you start, I, I've got a sort of a motto which is well, it, it's JFDI, and, and I won't say what the F is, but it's just do it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just just start, you know just start it. It's the first one we did is I I chatted up a partner company of ours that had some nice offices and blags there customer meeting suites for a day and then I chatted up some other partners and said come on will you fund lunch and and they did and got three or four of them together and that's what we did the first time around uh, so it doesn't you know you don't feel you have to start with a enormous great big thing just you know start pulling people together and it will happen honestly yeah and it, it's a word of mouth as well eh? I mean once you get started people say hey why don't you come, all, come as well I mean yeah, you grow yeah? you just grow I think at the opposite end of that, you've got to be really careful if, if you do like the two-hour user group and there's 
four customers and 12 IBMers turn up, it turns into a bit of a, oh my God, are we the only people left conversation. So there, there is a tipping point where, you know, you want at least 10 to 12 people in the room just so you can maybe control where the conversation goes and it's not I'm the last guy with a boogie whip kind of idea. And that's what gets lost in a lot of these things is it goes back again. I'm going to, I'm going to hop on this through the entire twill event boost, event boost, event boost. If you're starting one out, just tweeting about it, just blogging about it is not going to drive attendance because you know, hello, only maybe 5,000 people. If that worldwide read planet Lotus, if that, and that's probably high, it's probably about a thousand. You know, I see, I meet people all the time that don't know about planet Lotus, don't know about Twitter. All they get is what their IBM sales reps, if they have one, tell them. So you have to go find these people to tell them. And once you tell them, you've got to convince them that it's worth their time and effort to attend. And if it's not, if you only get four or five people in the room, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. You, you, have to, you definitely need to get IBM involved in making sure that they mention it to their customer base because it's going to be your customer base. Yeah. And on the other hand, you have to be very, very careful that IBM is not taking over and, and regarding your uh, user group event as being one of their marketing events. You've got to be very careful about that. Yeah. I had a lot of problems with it last year. This year was, I mean, that, I think they learned their lesson. It was a lot better. So in terms of reaching folks outside of the existing sort of Planet Lotus type community, how do you think you go about that? Is it a matter of... of getting some IBMers involved to, to speak to their customers? Is it about doing mail shots? You know, what techniques have you guys used to, to get the word out beyond the usual techniques we use? Well, if you can, if you can get IBM involved, I mean, IBM have that, that holy grail that every business partner wants in terms of they pretty much know who the customers are. Um, so if you can get IBM involved and get them to market it in your region, then it will help a lot. You know, if you can get them to do the mail shot, um, I don't think we've ever done. We've never done direct mail shots, but what we have done is provided our sponsors with all the materials they need to do. So, for instance, GSX have been able to go to their mailing list and go, "We're going to this event to talk about all this sort of stuff," and then that that pulls in people that are maybe using Exchange as a mail platform, but Lotus same time. And of course, you know, we're a Lotus user group, we're not a Notes user group, so we've done that and kind of pushed out the message that way but mail shots and email campaigns are really really expensive in terms of time and, and effort well i must say i, I do it uh, i do mailings um based I'm on just lazy people then. who register <laughs> um, sorry i'm just lazy then <laughs> uh, no it's, it's not a matter of i mean it's something with lazy just having having the information i just base myself upon the fact that people can uh, become a, a member and I got their email addresses and, and I mail them. Uh, but what is important as well is that uh, not only try to get your sponsors involved, but also try to get all the major business partners involved and make sure that they are coming and that they are going to be your advocate and, 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 and spread uh, spread your word. Yeah. So it's, it's not only IBM, just and, and your sponsor is also all BPs. Uh, try to get them involved, and and I mean they know their customers, and they don't mind doing uh, their own mailing uh, for for getting people there. Yeah. As you can say, we found in the US, if if we actually call the people, our attendance rate goes massively up, as opposed to if just sending an email. Or if just post on a blog, if you actually track the person down, and it takes a few phone calls, I think our rule is five, five phone calls or something like that. But but the attendance rate goes through the roof if you if if we do that in the US. Yeah, but that involves a lot of time on your end. Yeah, it involves a lot of money as well because you got to pay someone uh, to do it. So I was just going to ask. Um, is there any kind of central coordination of all of these user groups? I know there's lotususergroup.org, isn't there? Uh, and does IBM do any kind of coordination of some of these user communities? Not, not as far uh, as I know. Yeah. No, I mean, well, the, 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 there, there was somebody at Lotusphere, uh, I forgot her name. Um, Joyce Davis, probably. Yeah, no, not Joyce. Or Donna uh, Bell. It was. Yeah, maybe Donna. Yeah, indeed, it was Donna. Yeah. And she said that apparently she was just assigned uh, to do this. Yeah. But I must say, after Lotusphere, I haven't heard from her uh, in one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's something that. Um, I think we could. I think we could do with, and I think it's a bit wider than the user groups. So I kind of raised this at, at iLug, um, in that we we kind of had an impromptu session on this. Um, in that there's a lot of stuff going on in the Lotus community between the user groups and Planet Lotus and OpenNTF and 
you know everything else there's a lot of stuff going on that doesn't really have any sort of central point to try and try and organize it bring it together and i think that is something that ibm and i know that their statement is kind of well everybody's involved in the community that's fine but it doesn't really help me know where to go when i want to ask somebody a question so what what is what is the fix for that is it getting a centralized location uh, you know where where we all talk like like a Skype chat or something like that. Although I I, I don't need another Skype chat in my sidebar <laughs> to be quite honest. But but, but how, how do we overcome that? Because I think if we sit around waiting for IBM to do it, we're going to be here in ten years saying I had someone come up with me a lot of sphere and say she's the, she's a user group person for world, and it'd be someone else again. So you know the revolving dot IBM won't help us with this. So is is this something that someone needs to kind of take the torch and say? Okay, I think I'm going to Yeah, I think that's the problem, though. I think it has to be IBM. So, I mean, the, the the sorts of the sorts of real use cases I'm thinking of is say, you know, say we want a keynote speaker. Now, I know that I can email Ed Brill, for instance, and he'll be very, very helpful and help me as, as much as he possibly can. And I know there's people in IBM UK I can do that, but there's nobody within IBM whose responsibility it is to make sure that user groups are a success. Or if they are, I don't, you know, we're not in, in constant contact, which is the other thing. That I think it's worked well in the business partner community and the enterprise customer community. They've got specific groups of people that work on that throughout the year and come back each time. And that, yes, there's a revolving door of people, but not a revolving door of the post. The post is actually identified. Um, I mean, I, I'd, I've got a, um, Stuart, I think, came to my session at ILUG because I've got an analogy of this in for the Lego company, which is what they did. So I'm kind of, you know, speaking from that point of view, but it does work. It can work. It just needs, I think it's got to be run by IBM. I don't think it's the sort of thing that we can, can you know, we could do on our own at a global level. That's very interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting whether anything comes out of, of the next few months of this in terms of, um, you know, I know that the merger of, of Joyce's department in terms of information development and Mary Beth's user experience group have kind of come together and I think that they're planning to do more around the listening to the community and engaging the community. So it may be that something comes from that. Um, finally, on this topic, we, we've all been talking about lotus user groups lugs uh do, do you think the change in terms of the branding of the products and also in terms of this new social business uh, kind of agenda that ibm launched at lotusphere is going to make any difference to kind of how we identify ourselves as a community and how we identify these user groups do you see any change in the branding that we're going to use uh, we will if like, the word lotus goes away <laughs> and that's going to be pretty annoying yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I know that the um, the, the social business roadshows I think are going to work really well. Um, I think that that they're addressing a slightly different market to to where the lugs are. The lugs are kind of the lugs are looking really at people that are already running those bits of software, and I think IBM are trying to target at people that aren't yet running Lotus software, but they want to get them running Lotus software. That's that's how I see the the split uh, which i think is, is going to work pretty well um but we've always said we're a lotus user group we're not a specific product user group okay and i guess yeah. there's there's no harm with carrying on calling it a lotus user group. i mean certainly ibm has not clearly stated yet that the lotus brand is going away although that seems to be the intention so i guess a lot depends on exactly what happens in that area whether they formally state they're changing the branding at some stage and I think it goes back to what is Lotusphere. And Lotusphere is 30% sales, 70% technical content. And I think the lugs serve the dissemination of the technical ton- content as good as, or if not better, than what you would see at Lotusphere. And the LCTYs, or whatever they're called, um, serve maybe the sales and marketing arm of that side. Now, my my worry is, it goes back to, is there such a thing as a Lotus business partner? And I think as the brands disappear and we see Cognos becoming more and more involved in, in some of the Lotus portfolio, then it's, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to keep it called Lotus vehicles to you because it really is a, a whole emerging of the IBM brands. And I think that they have to change their messaging in order to do that. So I, I don't necessarily think that LCT wise, ever had a good reputation but 
to change their name, I think, is maybe a, a smart idea because the word social and the word business is what everyone wants to be in. So why not drive attendance that way? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so talking about community and user groups and so on brings us on uh, in some ways to a story that's come out of Australia this week in terms of there being a a win for Microsoft that took users off of Lotus Notes, a company called Steinhoff. Um, so that they've moved on to BPOS, the, the Microsoft cloud-based collaboration solution. And then um, a load of uh, folks jumped in on that, put some comments on, on the post. And then we've had a post today um, on ITWire, somebody saying basically, show me the money or shut the hell up in terms of saying Lotus community you've either got to um, you know tell us about wins tell us about how, how Lotus is still you know a a uh, you know a big vendor in this space and then we'll start publishing p- uh, positive stories about Lotus versus you just telling us not to talk about the you know the wins away from it so Darren perhaps you want to jump in here um, how do you see this kind of playing out it's interesting we almost seem to have a battle over uh, you know the Australian Lotus market I've said several times on the podcast to, to IBM, and I'll say it again, no news is equivalent to you are dead. And if you can't get the press releases out there, you need to start doing some stuff to get the word out that there are people moving to Lotus Slide, there are people moving to on-premise domino servers, uh, even, even connections. Connections is taken off like wildfire, quote-unquote in certain parts of the world. So why why do we have this problem about getting the wins out here? And, and I think these IT journalists need to get off their ass and they need to stop ruining their business via Google alerts and start going out and interviewing people and, and waiting for Google to tell them that someone's migrated to or from what platform. Go out, go to these user groups, the exact same thing we've just said. Go go have a few beers with people. Find out what the real story is. Just reporting on Google Alerts is just doing Google's job for them. Is it right? Is it wrong? I, I don't particularly care. But the fact is, IBM have a problem, and the problem, yet again, is getting the word out that stuff is happening on big scales, and even little scales. But IBM is not telling anybody. So don't be surprised if everyone thinks you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm... I'm, I would be certain that the reason Microsoft stories get out there and Google stories get out there is because when Microsoft and Google go in, they say to the customer, well, hell, we'll knock off whatever percentage if you let us use it as a case study. And the, you know that's what they do and that's what, how they get the message out. So I couldn't agree with Darren Moore. Do you think the, the kind of criteria that those other vendors use for making something a reference are perhaps slightly looser than the ones that IBM uses? Because I know IBM's so strong on its ethical stance and, and particularly with the lawyers involved that they kind of make sure certain criteria has been met before they publish a reference. Do you think um, the other vendors are a little bit more uh, willing to kind of let some of this news out into the the, um, the journalists without necessarily some of the fact-checking stuff that goes on when it's a Lotus win? I, I don't uh. think it's... Has it done Google and Microsoft any harm in the last 10 years? <laughs> yep. I, I, you know, I, I know I can see where IBM are coming from, but Darren's right. If you don't talk about things happening, people just assume they're not. So anyway, so uh, the the criteria that the journalist has certainly published in his article, and again, we've got the link in the show notes, is that he wants to know about any wins for Lotus of more than 100 users in Australia and also any upgrades of more than 500 users. So it, it would be great to have some of those stories come out. So if there's any business partners listening that have got stories around that that they can publish to this journalist, I think that would be a good thing to get out there and, and maybe make the point that there, there certainly is business being done by the Lotus brand in Australia and New Zealand. And, and I think there's something to be said for being ethical when absolutely everybody around you is unethical. It sounds good on paper, but at some point you've got to take the yellow boxing gloves off and start swinging your fists. And, and IBM are getting crucified in this modern age of instant information where they yet haven't got a, a cognizant idea of, of how to get this information out quickly without going through a whole bank of lawyers surely, surely, surely you don't have to have a lawyer or care 140 characters to tweet. (laughs) (laughs) You would hope not. You never know. 
Okay, another thing that came out just this morning is a tech note that IBM has published um, stating their position regarding Windows Phone 7 and Nokia. Obviously, we had the news a couple of weeks ago that Nokia was bought into Windows Phone 7 as its um, kind of enterprise-level platform going forward, uh, you know, dropping support for some of its Simeon products and stuff as, as they move forward. And IBM's now stated that they will support some of the newer Symbian 3 devices later on this year uh, and kind of have a watching brief on Windows Phone 7. No uh, commitment to, to develop for that platform going forward. Warren, you, you must deal with a lot of customers um, you know, that have Blackberries and also have other mobile um, uh, products. You know, I know you've presented on Traveller many times. How, how do you think this is going to play out? Do you think there's demand for Windows Phone 7 at the moment? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I suppose the first, first caveat is I'm a... I'm a design partner and we've worked on Traveller design stuff as well. So um, I'm not speaking for IBM, but okay. I, th- I think there is, there's going to be a level of demand for Windows Phone 7. I'm not sure how much it's going to be. I know Darren said in the last podcast, he's never seen one. I've never seen one either. <laughs> um, we've certainly not seen any customer demand for it, but then again, all it's going to take is a, an OEM manufacturer to come up with some fantastic must have device and there'll be thousands of them out there. Um, I, I kind of agree with with IBM's statement. I mean, Nokia, the Nokia Symbian platform. Okay, it's not perhaps the best platform in the in the world compared to some of the feature sets on the other devices. But if I go into any customer, I can pretty much guarantee that the standard business phone people will get that their carrier doesn't charge them anything for will include a Nokia device that runs Symbian. So we can go in and say, yes, you can give Traveller to all of those people at zero cost. Um, so I, can't, I, I do kind of uh, agree with it. I'm sure that prior to that statement, IBM were pretty confident that Windows 7 was going to die on its on its back, and I think we'd, I'd probably agree with them on that. Um, now it's it's probably different, but... What I've never seen from Nokia is really fast-to-market releases of devices. So I'm not expecting a Windows Phone 7 device out of Nokia for at least six months. Interesting. And, and Theo, you're obviously in a, a market where Nokia's been um, you know, pretty strong in the past. Uh, mainland Europe has, has been their, their biggest kind of region for sales. Uh, what, what's the state of Nokia as, as far as you see it and the customers you work with? Well, I got the impression that, that Nokia is, is really the phone being used by, by let's say, consumers and, and not by the business, actually. I mean, most business people I know uh, have uh, a BlackBerry or uh, an iPhone. Yeah. So I think IBM is doing a good job just waiting and, and, and sitting on the fence and seeing what's going to happen with, with uh, Windows Phone 7. Okay, interesting news as well on that that came out this week is that Microsoft invested something around $1 billion yeah, into incredible. Nokia. Shocker. (laughs) In other news, the world is round. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder Uh, whether that might have influenced their decisions somewhat. My my take on this is I I like IBM's stance of you are not a fly on an elephant kind of idea about Windows 7 sort of flicking it off to the side. But but I hope on, on the back end they're looking to see, okay, how long would it take from a get go to do Windows 7? support if and this is a massive if like warren said it suddenly becomes the must-have device and to kind of flip it on its head if if, what theo said was that you know symbian looks like it's a consumer device and that's obviously where microsoft won't want to get their phones because they know uh, uh, you know that the the consumer devices are poised to do a tsunami-like wave into the enterprise if it hasn't happened already so, you know, hopefully IBM is ignoring this and privately they're kind of looking to see what it would take from the get-go and, and not have to wait a year to get support on a device if yeah. it is successful. All the back-end work is there. So it's it's just a question of the client and who knows the ActiveSync implementation might even work on Windows 7. I've not tried it. <laughs> I'm sure there's people trying it as we speak. <laughs> Uh, as I say, it's just support and, and tweaking that needs to be done there. But maybe it's more about the message of saying, as Darren just said, not interested, it's not important. And then obviously they can roll it out if they need to at a later state. We've already mentioned um, Losphere Comes to You. It's being rebranded in a lot of different geographies as Get Social or Social Business Roadshows this year. Um, so a lot of the dates have been announced now. We've got a link to the um, to the list of dates in our show notes. Um 
just just quickly to round off on this, does, does anybody feel a, a pang of loss that these events not being called Loads of Fear comes to you anymore? Is it important or, or is it right to, to maybe market it in a new way and, and try and get some new sort of white space type customers into those events? The king is dead. Long live the king. Yeah. <laughs> and in Australia- no, I don't think it's very important. I mean, in Belgium, for instance, uh, IBM itself is not doing uh, for two years now any Lotus Fear comes to you by themselves. I mean, business partners still do it, but uh, IBM itself does not organize a Lotus Fear comes to you. They said, look, you can attract with your Lotus user group, you can attract more people than we can, uh, like, like Darren said earlier. Now, you can attract more people. So uh, we give our marketing budget for Lotus Fear comes to you, a part of it. Uh, we give that to you. So, um, yeah, you get a better event than ours. I, I think it. I think it is important for them to come up with a a, a brand of of whatever LCTY becomes, because at least worldwide it was called Lotosphere comes to you. Uh, and based on a post I saw yesterday, it looks like the Australian version of of LCTY or Social Business Roadshow or whatever else it's called is actually called the Collective Intelligence Summit, which. You know, sounds like a meeting to decide how to kill Al Qaeda operatives. It doesn't really. <laughs> it doesn't really say. You know, oh yeah, Enterprise 2.0. Your people are really doing stuff on the on the web. Let's come and see if we can't make it enterprise capable for you. It says, how do we drop a bomb on Tora Bora? So I think someone needs to go back to the drawing board, <laughs> and maybe decide what the branding should be instead of all of these little things appearing here and there based on the, the geographic areas i think that's right a, a solid brand across the world would be good I, I i think a last word maybe on that is also i see kind of a divergence happening between kind of the, the loyal long-term lotus customers who maybe will go to lux because that's kind of where they fit and maybe uh the lotus comes to you rebranded kind of focused on on new customers getting new people in talking about social stuff uh and, and into the lotus community that way so maybe we've got we've got a sort of a divergence of where those two different types of events are going we'll be interested to see how it plays out through the year so as usual we finish the podcast uh, with a tip from each of our guests so darren do you want to kick us off what's your tip so we decided to book our flight reasonably early to, to manchester to uk log uh, i don't usually book them eight to ten weeks in advance but we made the decision to do that because the airlines are bolting on massive fuel surcharges uh because of all of the uh democratic movements in in the uh north africa area so if you're going to fly and you're going to fly a reasonably far distance to get to uk look start booking your flights now and then more of a rant ibm stop changing your techno urls uh, you're at a customer site on a sunday and fix central's down and lotus developer domains down and whatever else is down and so you go to google and you find a techno and you click on a techno only to realize that that page is no longer there please search again and, and that seems to have changed all the technos so you can't always find them again okay excellent a tip and a rant all in one that's great <laughs> thank you darren and warren what's your tip um pretty obvious one register for uk lug um if you want to come along as an attendee if you would like to speak submit an abstract um if you would like to sponsor we would very much like to hear from you um so i'll the the website by the way is www.uklug.info uh, which we probably didn't mention so do that or if you can't make it to the uk and you want to run a user group you know jfdi excellent thank you warren and theo do you have a tip for us well, I got three. I got the same one as Warren. It is uh, register for UK Luck. You won't regret it. Uh, if you can't go there, definitely come to ours. It's in Belgium. We've got a couple of about 50 seats available now, www.bluck.be. Uh, and then my, my final tip, which is something, it's about a tool uh, from Whiterear, which I've been using uh, for, well, almost eight years now. And, and I use it daily. It's called ScanEasy. They got an update for it. Uh, uh, recently refreshed version 10 but for me it's a lifesaver i really really use it every day and it's just a cool tool and i think if you don't use it you're, you, it's your loss excellent thank you theo and my tip for for this week is something we've mentioned lots of times on the podcast but don't think it's ever been a tip which is google chrome um from from my point of view it's the best browser out there by far the fastest uh works great across all platforms uh and really does a good job a new release has just come out this week google chrome 10 um has syncing of uh apps bookmarks extensions passwords preferences themes almost everything between machines even between operating systems um so it's definitely my browser choice 
choice. If you haven't tried it already, do uh, give it a try. Download it, even on your own sort of personal machine. Give it a go. Um, IBM support is still an issue. I'm hoping that will change. I asked a question about it at Lotusphere, uh, and it's something they're looking at. So hopefully that will become easier as time goes on. And do you know the browser numbers for that? Do you know the percentage? I don't know across sort of broad sites. I know on the sites I run, which, as you know, there's a few of now, um, it's, it's somewhere around 28 29% across all of those. So it's growing massively quickly. Um, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. 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 I, I think only IE7-8 is ahead of it now. I think it's overtaken Firefox for the people that look at my sites anyway. So it's, it's growing fast. I think IBM have to, to look at support for it pretty quickly. Um, and my other sort of mini tip is just look out for Twill goodies if you are going to UK Lug. There will be plenty of them on offer there. So thank you guys for taking part. Warren, do you want to kick us off? How do people track you down if they want to follow you after this episode? Uh, you can look at my blog, which is www.elsmore.net, or follow me on uh, Twitter as Warren Ellsmore, or Skype as Warren Ellsmore, or with some combination of the word Warren and Ellsmore. We'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Warren. And Theo, how do people find you? I'm on Twitter too, uh, Theo Hesselmans, one word. Uh, my blog is blog.xc.be. And uh, of course, you can find all the stuff about uh, BLUG at www.be. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Theo. Thanks for taking your time out to join us today. Darren, how do people track you down? Blog.darrenduke.net for why Blackberry still has use. <laughs> <laughs> Um, attending a blog post I did yesterday that actually got a ton of traffic um, and oh yeah Twitter uh, Darren Duke all one word for my 140 character rants brilliant thank you for your time today as well Darren and I am Stuart McIntyre on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre thank you guys for taking part I hope you've enjoyed listening and this was This Week in Lotus bye bye all opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer Hi, Warren Ellsmore here, and I'd like to tell you about the UK Lotus User Group. This year, the largest Lotus event in the UK will be held in Manchester on the 23rd and 24th of May. As always, we'll have a great lineup of speakers from the IBM community, giving you some of the best administration development and management information out there. We're also really pleased to be supported by some of the best Lotus partner solutions as well. Attendance at the UK Lug event is free thanks to the generous support of these companies. So if you'd like to attend UK Lug, put forward a speaker session or sponsor the event, please take a look at www.uklug.info and we'll look forward to seeing you in May.